0: Yeah, it's Mr. Oncubb, fantasy sports and politics, crew, yeah. check, fantasy sports and politics, ain't no other talk show, hot as this, cover every sport and we get it all right, log on the site, you can listen tonight, talk about the game, who in first place, you can even call up, state your own case, football, b soccer too. On. ain't nobody stopping you It's Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew Yeah, yeah come on Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew Yeah Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew Uh Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew Yeah, lock on Peace Hello, hello everyone And welcome once again on this fine, chilly uh, Thursday night, I am JT, a.k.a. Uh, the Master. And as always, this is the um, FSP Cruise Show. Uh, the number to call in is 347-637-3220. Um, I'll say that again. It's 347-637-3220 is the place to be if you want to talk to um, Jeff or me. We got a great show in store for you tonight. We're going to talk about um some moves that uh, made, were made by the uh, trade deadline in the NBA. Talking about the um NFL and um what's been taking place, players getting cut, um, and uh players trying to get talked out of retirement, players retiring. Um, For that fact, some players that uh, are going to ride off into the sunset and um, whatever else may uh, hit our fancy at the time. So uh, uh, without further ado, let's bring my esteemed fellow Jersey guy, uh, the guy that uh, uh, is tried and true. We call him Jeff the Joker, my North Jersey guy. Two Jersey guys going to talk about it tonight. What's up, Jeff?
1: Hey, Jerry. Let's do you know it. Okay.
0: First on the agenda, Jeff. Let me just get myself situated here. I'm trying
1: to get a little
0: uh, comfortable here. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> yesterday, um, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm not mistaken, because the fact is, uh, they had a Big to-do about it. Well, relatively big to-do about it. Yesterday on the NFL Network and other um, sports networks to be, is that um, a uh, football legend uh, made uh, a, 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 a I would say monumental, a a momentous um, birthday. I'm talking about arguably the best player in of all football up until this point, uh, a legend in his own time, a legend, let me put it this way. Uh, he's been around in movies, only played nine years in the, um, in the NFL, uh, gave Cleveland or helped give Cleveland its only championship, uh, through, through professional football. Talking about the none other than, uh, uh Jim Brown, um, uh, The NFL Network, uh, along with Hall of Fame running backs Eric Dickerson, Franco Harris, Marcus Allen, Curtis Martin, and um, uh, Marshall Falk all were in a a, uh, roundtable of players, Hall of Fame players, to pay homage to the one and only Jim Brown. I don't know if you watched it, uh, but your thoughts on Mr. Brown, 80 years uh went through a lot of um, trials and tribulations through his uh professional career and throughout his old career uh in tum- tumultuous times um and uh, still is a force uh, and a um sounding board for a lot of players uh that are either played in the NFL or are playing in the NFL as we speak, especially running back. What's your thoughts?
1: man? Well, what can you say about Jim Brown that hasn't been said? I mean, all the cliches, you know, larger than life, um, all, all-time great athlete. And he, athlete is the term because he's one of the few people I know in two Halls of Fame because he's in the Lacrosse Hall of Fame. Yes. I, I mean, um just a a freakish athlete. But besides that, you know, so much, and this gets downplayed too much. A lot of the the athletes who achieve a lot, besides, you know, of course you have to have the physical gifts, which he obviously had, but you gotta have the, the mental toughness and the intelligence. And he had all of that too. You know, I mean, this guy was the total package. Um, he really was, um, you know. I mean, you, you couldn't psych him out, and you know, it's just it, it's something that people don't realize. This is what a lot of the greats have. Um, I, I mean, uh, he was as big as his lineman, uh, inc- incredible running back. Which he, back then it was, you know, everybody was running two backs. He was the fullback, and a lot of teams don't even use a fullback anymore, which is crazy. Um, shares a birthday with Michael Jordan, which is nuts. I can't think of any other day of the year where you got two men who might be the best ever to play their sport. Right. Um and then of course, um did a lot after football acting and um you know uh, as a social activist uh, Right. but um yeah he he uh I, I Jim Brown is one of the just legendary Person and uh you know retired in his prime, uh supposedly he he was starting to slow down a little bit, I mean, he didn't show, but I mean he the kind of person he was um, and this is I guess a lot of it had to do with you know his game was he didn't want his teammates to see him go to the training room, so he he would get there before everybody to see the trainer. You know, so he was getting there late later in his career, he was getting there like seven in the morning to see the trainer so nobody could see him going into the training room. Right. So that's the kind of stuff he did. Like also, then there's the, the psychological aspect of it. Uh he he would almost always get up slowly after a hit. And you know, a lot of times he could pop up because you know this guy was really put together. But he he figured out if I get up slow every time, they won't know if I, if if they hurt me, you know. So that's why he did it. Now there's something, and this is nuts, but you know uh, you know a lot of these guys have egos, and there's nothing wrong with that as long as it doesn't get carried away. One of the few knocks on him as a player was he was a lousy blocker. Say, how could that be? This guy's built like a like a Mack truck. How could he be a lousy blocker? I think that was on purpose. I'm not kidding, because he didn't want to block. He wanted to carry the rock, you know. And if the, you know, uh, for a while uh, Bobby Mitchell was playing halfback, and he probably figured out, hey. If if I'm blocking, I'm like a six-lineman, which he could have been if he wanted to be. um, uh, You know, the the coach is going to figure out, hey, I give it to Mitchell, and then I'll have six-linemen blocking for him. No one will stop us, and then I won't get so many carries. So I I really think he – it wasn't stupid enough to say it, but it did cause a rift between him and his last head coach. I think he purposely was not a good blocker, which which is horrible, Mm -hmm. but – I'm sure he's not the only person to ever do something like that.
0: (laughs) That's true. All right, we have someone from the Atlanta um, area code number uh, that I want to bring in uh, from the four zero four. Welcome to the FSP Crew Show. Uh, State your name and uh, um, what you got to say.
2: Yeah, this is Nas from Atlanta, man. How
0: y'all doing? What's up, Nas? Long time no speak to. How you doing, my man? Thanks for
1: joining us. How you doing?
2: I'm good, man. Good to catch y'all tonight, man. You know how it is, man, keeping up with shows, trying to figure out when people are on. Right. Uh, Good to catch up with y'all, man. And you're talking about the great Jim Brown, man, Uh, one of the most respected men in this country, uh, with all of his greatness and all of his flaws. Uh, He's a human being, so he's not going to be perfect. Uh, His domestic violence uh, situation, which people like to bring up and – try to present that as if that's all he is and that diminishes everything else, I, I don't think we can actually live in that world to where we look at the negative of somebody and say that's it. Now, if if that all they have is a whole box full of negatives, then, uh, uh you know, understood, they can wear it. But Jim, you know, the, the work that he did in, uh, in the cities with gang members and uh, prisoners and trying to change people's lives, the work that he did with helping people with drug problems, even the great Richard Pryor, uh trying to get him off of drugs. Uh the fact that he was able to walk away from uh football with all the money on the line and everything else, uh, with you know his health pretty much intact. The guy's eighty right now and still there are people who wouldn't fight Jim Brown. Uh
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true.
2: You know what I mean? Like like just just a wonderful, great dude who has to be respected. Uh old school kind of man's man type of situation. Uh you go to that Ali presser Uh, when Ali was determined uh, to, you know, go against everything that was uh, after him and decide that if it meant going to war, then he wouldn't fight, and if that meant losing his title, he'd give it up. Uh, You see Jim Brown there supporting him, along with Kareem and and, and a few other uh, star athletes of their day. But uh, that's the type of guy Jim Brown was, man, or is. Let me correct that. One of the most respected people ever in sports and and just a great man as far as uh, life is concerned. Uh, with just some of the things he's done. And the the funniest thing uh, to me, just, just looking at it lately, man, how right was that dude about Trent Richardson, man?
0: Yeah. How right was that? Wow, yeah. At, at the time, he he came out and said that, um, for for lack of better words, he was hot garbage, and he was right on, man. He, he turned out to be hot, hot garbage, and it didn't take too long for everyone else to find that out, too, so. Um, and everybody thought Jim Jim Brown had some type of uh, um, uh, uh, either jealousy or, or just that the guy um, rubbed him the wrong way. But he was he saw the non-talent in Trent Richardson and tried to tell everyone else, including the Cleveland organization, and nobody was listening and thought that he had just uh, uh, lost the step mentally-wise. And uh, um, obviously, Trent Richardson proved – Jim Jim Brown, exactly how he said he was, and uh I think that even, uh, even ironically I think that even um uh, solidified even more um how much of a guy uh even though he hasn't played the game in a while still could a- still able to recognize talent or non talent i should say so um and uh I'm going to segue into this because I think it's relevant right now, because we're talking about Jim Brown, and because he has such an eye uh, for talent, the present coach um, has has the, um, reached out to Jim Brown to have him be a, somewhat of a counsel to him on um, on the on the team. As it is, and as it's going on in the future, so that, I, I gotta give it out to um, uh, the uh, fo- fo- the new the new head coach of the um,
2: Hugh, Jackson. Cle- Hugh Jackson. Yes,
0: yes, new football coach Hugh Jackson of of the Cleveland Browns. That he is trying to trying to do a bring bring Jim Brown back into the fold, so to speak, in the Cleveland Browns organization along with the unconventional uh, upper management that he has working with him. So um, I think it's going to be a concerted effort of the Cleveland Browns to make them relevant again, and not relevant in a negative way, but in a positive way. Uh, and hope, hopefully they, they um, make some noise in the AFC North with a collective effort of uh, different minds, Um and it's ironic and not to discount the uh I'm not gonna discount it because it's two African American uh um um men that are going to try to pull out the organization uh from the doldrums of where they've been for decades. I I, I would have to say that decades. They they've been one of the um uh dysfunctional uh organizations in the National Football League. Um, for too long especially for from from a from a town uh from a city uh like the Cleveland um like the city of Cleveland uh and the rich football tradition that they've had for uh, a long time like including dating back to when Jim Brown played for the Cleveland Browns so he's revered and, and uh hopefully uh, um he could help uh Hugh Jackson and the uh, um the upper management of the Cleveland Browns bringing them back to uh, where they want it to be. All right. Let's move on to uh, – I'll probably jump back and forth from the NFL to the uh, NBA. Right now I want to jump into the NBA because, as as you guys know, if you follow the NBA, and I know Nas pro- definitely follows it, that the um, NBA's trade, de- trade deadline was um, over – I think it was 3 o'clock this afternoon. Okay, and the NBA uh, teams, some NBA teams have pulled off some um, transactions to benefit their team presently or in the future. Now, the Portland Trailblazers, for one, um, pulled off a trade that um, the Miami Heat gave away um, Brian. I wouldn't say gave away, but for cash considerations, the Miami Heat get uh uh cast cash and the Portland Trade uh uh Portland Trailblazers, so, excuse me, get the um the uh point guard Brian Roberts. Now I don't know uh if you guys think this is a great trade or not. Um, some are calling it a great trade. Uh, that Brian Roberts goes to the um, Portland tra- Trailblazers and uh, um, shores up the point guard position that the uh, Miami Heat have been looking for. Uh, I'm going go to go to Nas first, because I know Jeff's not a real big NBA uh, um, watcher, and, and but I'm hoping, uh, I wouldn't say hoping, but I'm looking for Nas to, to give me some type of uh, feedback on um, if he does, if he knows anything that about this. Uh, about uh, Brian Roberts going to the Portland tra- Trailblazers and the Miami Heat getting cash considerations uh, in exchange. What's your thoughts on that, Nas?
2: Yeah, uh, before before I get into that, I'll, I'll just lay this out there about the whole trade deadline. I think teams are looking at it as if, okay, Golden State, San Antonio, OKC in the West, and Cleveland in the East, uh, we're not going to be able to pull off something to compete with them So they're kind of conceding, and they made moves, worried about money, uh, future considerations, and sometimes it was just a roster flip to where you tried to, oh, well, let's take a shot on the young guy. So with Miami, with this Brian Roberts trade, I think they're just saying, okay, let's bring in a young piece, and let's also uh, get under this uh, luxury tax so Mickey Harrison doesn't have to pay. And this is kind of the best thing that you can kind of do for an owner. If you're not really contending for a championship – Uh, why not get rid of the penalty for them and get under the cap and bring in a guy who may be able to uh, work out in the future as as, as a piece for you. So, you know, it's a win-win move for them. And Portland, the same thing. They're just building towards the future.
0: All right. And everybody knows that, follows the NBA, that the Philadelphia 76ers, earlier in the season, and I don't know if it's still true, irrelevant, but earlier in the season they were um, supposedly tanking games, not making the necessary moves or having the necessary players to um, be uh, uh, be some type of uh, decent team. Uh, they pulled off a trade today. They get Joel, jo- jo- excuse me, Joel Anthony and oh, yeah. the uh, cool. rights and the rights to. Um, and Houston gets the rights to uh I can't pronounce this guy's name Chukwubi <laughs> Chuk, uh, I can't pronounce his name um Madu Abum um
2: another player uh, who's not good right <laughs> exactly and,
1: and still no leadership in Philly though right uh, uh cuz you know with all the, all that young well all those young players that you know you need some kind of leadership somebody to show them the way that's yeah, true. And
2: hopefully, the NBA, yeah. Hopefully, the NBA does something about this so you can't do this in the future. To where basically you're not you're not selling the NBA product to the fans of Philadelphia. You got all these young kids in there. There's nobody to really lean on as far as leadership and how to be a pro. And they're basically learning by getting their head kicked in. And you have to wonder what that does for somebody's confidence or just their spirit as far as uh, being a competitor. So. I, I think the NBA is frowning on this. Just in in total, the idea that you're going to tank this badly. Uh, you, you brought those young boys in there and started the season, and they didn't have a shot to win. Uh, they didn't have a chance to win many games uh, before ball was even tossed up. So, this, this is a bad, bad situation. Man. Well,
0: speaking of uh, uh, well, I'm going to go into a positive situation because I think uh, both these teams made out on. Um, training their respective players. I'm talking about the Los Angeles Clippers and the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, the Clippers get Jeff Green from the Grizzlies, and in ex- exchange for that, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies get Lance Stevenson, uh, um, who's the shooting guard, and Jeff Green's a, s- a small forward that goes to the Clippers. Lance Stevenson's a shooting guard. And um, the uh, also, the Memphis Grizzlies, along with Lance Stevenson, get a first-round pick. Now in my opinion this is a real real uh uh good um acquisition for the uh Clippers getting Jeff Green um to add to the um firepower that the the uh, uh Los Angeles Clippers have uh especially on the, uh, in the perimeter um I I think this is is, is something that um is needed for Los Angeles I don't know how well they're going to be able to compete even though they're not really that far behind the uh Golden State Warriors or uh, the OKC or um San Antonio um I still think they that that whole mindset in Los Angeles um, is it's just some, something missing in that combination. I don't know if it's uh something mental or 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 it's something um in the uh center of that chest. Um of that team not having enough heart to get over the hump with all the, all the uh, uh, talent that they have. But I got to believe that uh, a player like Jeff Green, who I think is a a pretty tough player and and a very good player uh, in it uh, as a added, um, uh, like I said, added firepower to um, the Los Angeles Clippers. And I can't, can't uh, downplay uh, Lance Stevenson. I know this is probably, I think it's his third team, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I could be missing one team, but I think it's his third team um, that he's had. And, and uh New York guy, a tough-minded guy, shooting guard, uh, goes to the Memphis Grizzlies, who are one of the better defensive teams in the NBA. Um, but the Memphis Grizzlies also get a first-round pick. So I think both teams had a win-win here. Uh, Nah, give me um, your analysis on this one.
2: Uh, Lance wasn't doing anything for the Clippers. Uh, He he really didn't fit their culture or their scheme. Uh, I think they regretted bringing him in, so they had to get something for him. And Jeff Green, you get a guy who has talent, but is not the most aggressive guy. So, I mean, it's win-win for them in that Jeff Green can get hot in the series and provide you with something, and. Just to be honest, I mean, he's just a better fit for your team. And then Lance, he gets another chance. He goes to Memphis, which is probably rebuilding, but they don't want to say it. With uh, Mark Gasol hurt right now. So you bring in Lance. You let him be as gritty and crazy as he wants to be. Maybe he becomes a, a fan favorite, you know, in yeah. Memphis. Uh, Zach turned his life around there. So, you know, you give him the chance to turn his life around, and maybe you got something uh, next year building around Gasol. And uh, I, I'll say one thing else. Uh, one other thing too. Nobody wants to fight the Memphis Grizzlies. That's the toughest team in the NBA.
0: Yep, yep. You're right about that, man. It, 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 you're you're absolutely right about that. I uh, like I said, they one of the best defensive teams, is not the best defensive team in the NBA. And uh, you know, you got to fight in your hands. Uh, whether, you, whether you Memphis when you whether you visit Memphis or. Uh, Memphis visits you. Don't make a difference. Defense travels on it. Those guys, uh, uh, their defense is serious business. All right, let's move to another one that took place today. Uh, the downtrodden Phoenix Suns, who fired their coach, uh, I guess about a month ago, maybe less than that, um, also were involved in the trade. Uh, they uh, gave up Markeith Morris and gave, them, gave him to the um, uh, Washington Wizards. And in exchange for that, the uh, Phoenix Suns get Chris Humphreys, Dewan Blair, and uh, a protected first-round pick. Uh, pro- that probably means, depending on where the Withers wind up, de- it depends on how uh, their first-round pick um, pans out. Uh, Jeff, uh, I'm going to go to you first about this, and then I'm going to go to Nas. I think he, he, I think he probably li- likes this for Washington, not so much for Phoenix. Talk to me, Jeff.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, we said it before, I'm, I'm a casual fan. I'll tell you, hum- Humphrey was, was uh, an okay ball player until instead of messing around with that Kardashian girl. She's bad luck. You know, mm-hmm. she she's ruined more sports careers than uh, uh, torn ACLs. I mean, I don't know what the hell she does with these guys, but uh, they're never the same. Uh, you know, it seems like most of these trades aren't the real big-name guys. Uh and I and I guess, you know, it's uh this NBA trading is seems very complicated because of the salary cap and that that sort of thing. And uh, you know, I like the Knicks and this is the time of year when I watch a little bit of NBA. But the the Knicks, you know, they have a need. They have a need of point guard. They were interested uh in getting uh Teague from Atlanta. Uh supposedly he was available. But, you know, the Knicks don't have much to offer. They don't have a lot of talent. They don't have a lot of draft picks. So uh they stood pat. But, you know, it, it might have been the best thing because the last two big trades the Knicks made absolutely sucked. And it's better not to make a trade. Because at least if you make the trade, it looks like you're trying, as long as it's not a horrible trade. But then, you know, when you trade uh, – um uh, Schumper and J.R. Smith to, to Cleveland for nothing, and then you trade, uh, Tyson Chandler for, you know, next to nothing. Oh, you know, those are starters. You know, I mean, you know, they're not superstars, but these are starting players. They're getting nothing in return. The, the, those are horrible trades. So, you know, Nick Nick's fans got to be patient. And, uh, you know, uh, there was talk that, uh, uh you know, what what's his name? Could uh wave his uh, no trade uh Mello,
0: Carmelo? But,
1: yeah, but he he's he, with with that salary and whatever, uh it it wasn't gonna happen. And, and and he has to give permission for a trade. It wasn't gonna happen. So you just, you know, uh yeah, you just gotta wait and uh you know, maybe when the cap goes up they could do something. I think that's what these teams are waiting for.
0: All right, uh, Nods, what do you think about this um, Suns-Wizards trade that uh, Chris Humphrey and DeJuan Blair and a protected first-round pick go to the Suns in exchange for Markeith Morris to Wizards?
2: Yeah, Markeith Morris is a a really good talent. He's a really good ball player, but he has problems when his brother's not around. He has anger issues. Uh, He had a fight with a teammate uh, I think a week and a half ago on the bench when they were playing Golden State. Uh he's wanted out for a long time. Everybody in the league knows it. So there's only so much you can get back. So I think they were just happy just to get, you know, get him out of there even though they had to take back Humphrey's salary or whatever. I mean, hey man, he had to go. So Washington's going to try him out, see if they can get John Wall to kind of get him on on track to where he needs to be because I mean, he's he's much better than people think he is, but the problem right. is, you know, the problems are still there too. That's why you were able to get them for so little. So, right. Uh, we'll see how it
0: plays All right. And then we have the uh Eastern Conference champions, um, the uh Cleveland Cavaliers, who pulled off a three way trade with the Portland tra- Trailblazers and the Lando Magic. Uh Cleveland and this is uh, 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 this is this is uh I wouldn't say it's a big one, but it's it's a pretty um uh uh Good move for Cleveland. They get Channing Frye from the Magic. Um, Portland gets uh, Anderson Vergeau from the Cavaliers, including a conditional first-round pick from the Cavaliers. And the Orlando Magic get Jared Cunningham, who's a shooting guard from the Cavaliers, and a second-round pick um, that's coming from the Trailblazers. It's a three-way trade. Um, i got to believe from what I'm seeing here, um and the actual players and not the um draft picks um make a difference here it's going to make a difference with the uh Cleveland Cavaliers cuz they get a a um pretty decent player in Shannon Fry um in my opinion he's probably I uh, I think he's probably a better defensive player than offense um and that's, that's what they're probably looking for from him um and I, and I gotta believe that in, in this three-way trade, um, that Cleveland uh, um, would be the beneficiary of a, a, a better beneficiary of the trade than Portland and Orlando Magic. I'm going to Nas for this one.
2: Yeah, I mean this is one. There's it, only two moves with playoff implications: this one and the OKC one. So Cleveland gets another front court player that's gonna play minutes for him. Uh, Vera Jow is kind of at the end. Uh, Orlando, or, or uh, what's his name, is probably going to cut him. He probably won't be on the roster. So you, you get something for nothing, essentially. Uh, your cap goes up, of course, but if you're Cleveland, so what? You're all out for LeBron's last, you know, years in Cleveland, so it doesn't really matter about money. Uh, you just had to make the move. This was the best move you can make because you don't have many assets either to trade unless you were going to move love. So this is the best they could do, and – We'll see what happens in the playoffs, see if he's useful. He's a stretch four, uh, not a real banger, but I mean, hell, who couldn't use more shooting? Right. All
0: right, then uh speaking of what now just talked about, talking about the Thunder, um, who um completed a trade with the Denver Nuggets. Uh the Thunder get uh, another um offensive guy in uh, Randy Foy and the um the Denver Nuggets get Steve Novak. Who's a shooting forward, a small forward, I should say, and DJ Augustine, who's a point guard, and two, excuse me, two second round draft picks. Um seems like a lot, but uh um vet and foy, um, for those for what they gave up to, to give to Denver probably would, would benefit uh, uh, quite naturally benefit uh the Thunder uh, quite a bit. Uh, um b- seeing that they, they're dealing with uh, um Golden State and and uh the San Antonio Spurs probably um trying to to get to that uh, to another Western Conference final or to the uh title uh series. Uh what's your thoughts on this, Nas before I go to Jeff?
2: Yeah, I mean this this gives O K C another guy uh to play on that second unit to give him some scoring. And to be honest, for some reason uh Augustine never getting a rotation, uh, the rookie point guard they have backing up Russell's kind of taking the minutes from him, so he was just basically getting a whole lot of DMPs. So you might as well bring in a two guard and let the rookie play uh, your point. But yeah, good move for OKC, man.
0: I thought I thought DJ Augustine was a real good player. I'm surprised that uh, he he wasn't getting that many minutes. What's your thoughts on that? I, I mean, I, I mean, is that an underrated player right now, or or uh, there's other some some other underlying um, reason why he wasn't getting any substantial mi- minutes other than the rookie they, they had just
2: outplayed him. Yeah, that rookie's pretty good, man. I don't know why I can't call his name right now, but that rookie is pretty good. And mm-hmm. I mean, he just lost the position battle, man, and you know how it goes in sports, man. Look, we're paying you a certain amount of money. You got beat by a guy on a rookie deal. Uh, why are you on the roster? You know what right. I mean? Right, right.
0: All right, uh there's a few more that I want to go through. Um Detroit uh and the uh Houston Rockets completed a trade two. Um and Dontis, uh Monte who's a point four, who's power forward, not a point forward, a power forward, and Marcus Thornton uh goes to the uh who's a small forward goes to the Detroit Pistons and the Houston Rockets get Joel Anthony, who's a power forward and a 2016 first round pick and it says the top 8 protected so um they get a a, a 2 th- uh, they get a, a first round pick um and uh um a player as, as in Joe Anthony um how much help is this going to help both these both these teams um uh nah, just talk to me Cause i i'm not familiar oh, with you? these guys at all
2: Yeah, well, Houston was just – they were trying to blow this thing up. They were trying to get rid of Dwight. Uh, They couldn't find a deal that they were actually willing to take. So, they they ended up just looking at salary dumps and what they could do to kind of go towards the future. Uh, Monty Unis is is a nice little uh, young post player. Van Gundy, who's always good at scouting, Uh, would love to have him on that team. So, he's going to help a little bit. Uh, Marcus Thornton could provide some scoring, but I don't know if he'll he'll be able to survive in Detroit – with KCP on the team as far as getting minutes. But uh, Van Gundy's doing a good job in Detroit, and Daryl Morey might be on his way out the door, and it looks like he's trying to just do some things uh, to make the owner happy uh, because he couldn't get the Dwight deal done, I guess, with, uh, you know, I'm sure teams would call them with awful deals, and, you know, he, he at least had enough backbone not to take the awful deals they were, you know, trying to make him take for Dwight.
0: Well, let me let me put that out, since we're talking about the Houston Rockets before we move on to the next one. Um, Houston Rockets, and, and I know you heard this, and I, I didn't hear it. Uh, I didn't know this quite naturally, and I don't know how many other people knew it, um, but two, back at three years ago, 2013, I, I couldn't believe when I heard it, but, well, I know this because the fact is these two guys I don't think really like each other and really have a hard time playing with each other, but they try to be professional about it uh, on the court. Um, talking about Dwight Howard and, and and um James Harden. Uh it was a report out there that two thousand thirteen each one of these guys tried to get the other one traded off that team. Uh which is crazy to me. Uh that that, that reeks of Kobe and, and, and uh uh Shaq. Um and I'm trying to think who else was like that. Um that the two players that couldn't get along and try to get the other one kicked off the not kicked off the team, but um pushed out the door, um, and the, but they're still on the same team now. And they got to deal with the uh, – they already had a coach fired uh, because uh, the team wasn't performing um, because of whatever reason. The, the present coach is still dealing with the defunction on the team, and it looks like they're not really going anywhere, in my opinion, because these two, two uh, players um, really have a hard time playing with each other um What's your thoughts on this, Nas? I thought one of these guys, uh, not one of these guys, I, I thought Dwight Howard, who they were definitely shopping, would definitely be gone by the trade deadline, but he's still on the team. Talk to me.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, at a certain point, man, you just can't be disrespected. So you can't just let somebody just take Dwight from you for nothing. You have to at least get some value. And since right. nobody was offering it, Dwight's still there. Harden, uh, you're not going to trade Harden. The beard is a is a trademark around the globe and is famous mm-hmm. uh, within the NBA. That's bringing in a lot of money. So Harden was the guy who was going to stay. A lot of reasons why Dwight hasn't performed well and wants to leave is because of Harden. Uh, this is his first time being a superstar, and I don't think he's as aware of other guys, uh, you know, confidence and ability as he should be. I, I think he he has the ball way too much and he kind of dominates things to the point of, you know, you're making everybody a secondary piece. So I, you gotta got to reward the big man. Old school guys always understood that. I don't right. think Harden does. And Dwight's in decline, so he's not the guy who can just demand the ball and demand to be traded and all that kind of stuff like he used to. But he's still better than most post players, and Harden should have used him better. But, yeah, that team's in a really bad place. And I think the GM, Daryl Morey will be gone. They'll bring in a whole new staff, coach-wise, too. I don't think the coach will be around uh, Bickerstaff's son, uh, the younger Bickerstaff. So, yeah, we'll probably see a lot of different things in Houston, and they'll build around James Harden.
0: Okay. All right, let's go, go to somebody that's in your backyard. Uh, your, the Atlanta Hawks down there um, completed a trade with the Chicago Bulls, and I'm really surprised that they did this. That the Chicago Bulls gave uh not gave, but traded uh, Kurt Heinrich to the Atlanta Hawks in exchange. The Bulls get a second round pick in Justin Holliday. You are down in the uh Atlanta area. Nas um I don't I think you're a Atlanta Hawks fan if I'm not mistaken. Give me your opinion. Um, as a fan and as whatever, you know, just give me your opinion on what you think about this trade. You're getting Kurt Heinrich to go with the um, players that you have sitting there right now, uh, other than Justin Holiday, who went to the Chicago Bills. Talk to me.
2: Yeah, this would be Heinrich's second tour of duty coming to the Hawks, uh, but this time he may not even get on the court. They may cut him. Uh, I mean, this, this was a nothing deal. They were trying to see what they could do with Al and Jeff Teague, and just looks like nothing good was on the table, so they decided to stand pat, uh, not making a move is smart sometimes. So if there was nothing good out there, I wouldn't give them away either. But man, they should have got something done. Uh, fatigue or Horford, they should have they should have been able to work some kind of deal. And I'm starting to wonder if uh, being the coach and having some uh, share in the GM duties may be a little much for Coach Bud. Uh, he's done a really good job as a coach, but uh, ever since barry has gone, and that new personnel group has been there. Uh, the moves haven't been as good.
0: So he's telling me that they may may in fact cut uh, Kurt Heinrich and not even use his assets. I mean, I I thought he was, and 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 I'm not saying he was all world, but I thought that he was uh, uh, um, a offensive weapon for the Chicago Bulls, who, uh, for all intents and purposes, are not a high powered offensive team. Um, and I think he added some offensive um, firepower for him, um, and maybe not so much for the Atlanta Hawks, but coming off the bench um, could could provide a uh, some veteran leadership. And and uh, besides that, why would they want to get rid of uh, Jeff Teague? Talk to me there.
2: Well, the team really just doesn't look like a real contender right now, so you have to look at your most valuable pieces and say these okay. guys are available. So, I mean, that's why T was on the was on the table. I mean, he's a good player at a good price and $8 million a year, so you don't want to move him unless you get something good. But when you're as mediocre as they are right now, you have to be willing to make some moves. Uh, Al Horford will be a free agent next year. And he's going to command a huge dollar amount. So I think they were looking at, if we can get a deal without having to re-sign him, we'll do it. But worst come to worst, they'll, I think they'll go ahead and pay him. Uh, Kirk Heinrich, a few years ago, would have been the player you're talking about, but now he's a little long in the tooth. And he's just not as good, man. Uh, it'll be hard for him to get on the court with uh, Teague and, and Dennis down here in Atlanta. You know, as the okay. backcourt right now, with the two guards. So. He's just a little old, man. I watched that. Look, I was in college,
0: and that dude was in college. He's a little old, man. Okay. All right. Well, Talk to me, because that was not the only uh, transaction that the Hawks made. Um, They didn't get a player in exchange for the next one I'm talking about with Utah, but they got a second-round pick. So that falls in line to what you're saying that they're going to build for the future Uh, when they gave up Shelvin Mack. To Utah, and the Hawks got a second-round pick. What's your thoughts on that one?
2: Yeah, yeah well, same situation, man. Uh, you, you got these two point guards who need heavy minutes, and you want to—you don't want Dennis to get upset and end up to where he's demanding to be traded, while you're still trying to figure out whether you want to keep Jeff as the starter or go with Dennis and go with the future. So, I mean, Mac wasn't getting on the court like he was. He's still a solid player, so there was some interest out there. So why not get the second rounder and see what that can turn into.
0: Okay. Um and then one last uh trade that took place today. Uh and the Heat get a protected second round pick and the um Pelicans get a forward Jan- Janelle Stokes and uh $700,000 in cash, uh which was done like near the end of um the uh near the end of the deadline. Um and uh, uh I think th- this was probably done to save um, um, the, the Miami Heat and their um, their uh, cap issue, um, meaning that the luxury tax, they want to save some money on the luxury tax, so they got rid of uh, um, a player. Um, what's your thoughts on this one? Heat get a second-round yeah, right. pick, and the Pelicans get uh, a, a player and, a, and some cash.
2: Yeah, I agree with you, man. Same thing. Uh, They're just looking at it as a money issue and dealing towards the future. Uh, The Pelicans, they got a long way to go. Uh, I think they thought their roster was better than what it was. And at this point, they were just desperate. They tried to deal Ryan Anderson, couldn't find a taker. So, uh, hey, man, I guess they figured we got to make something happen. They made this deal. But, yeah, this is is one of those below-the-radar, you know, not much – not much to really worry about deals.
0: And speaking of the Miami heat, um, I'm really not a fan of this guy. Uh, I I thought he was a pretty soft player. He had some, he does play some offense. I got to give him that. Um, But I think uh, in the defensive side of of the game, um, he had been lacking uh, for the second straight season. Chris Bosh is dealing with um, some um, blood clots. Uh, and that uh, his the return for to play is uncertain at this time, and that uh, I guess they have to uh, see how things are going to work out in in the up and coming weeks if he's going to return or if he's going to get shut down again because of these blood, blood clots. Um, I you know uh, I I don't know what and I'm not sure what's causing him, um, but. Uh, it's another health scare that um, that he has to deal with and the team quite naturally has to deal with. And it, they shut him down. It has to be a concern again. Uh, it's health first versus playing. What's your thoughts on that, Jeff, before I go to the again?
1: Yeah, you know, um, you don't hear so much about Chris Bosh now that uh, LeBron has left town, but, you know, that's uh... – a uh, legitimate uh, issue, and, uh, you know, uh, I guess Miami's falling off the map a little bit, but I'll tell you, when um, talking about all these deals, uh, if a player is traded for just a second-round pick, he should be insulted. I mean, I mean second-round picks, they're like scratch-offs. I mean, it, it, it can turn into something decent. I think if I was an NBA team, I'd try to go with maybe a European guy, Somebody under the radar with a second round pick, but to straight up player for a second round pick—that's that's not a lot as far as a trade goes. But the, you know the NBA draft is only two rounds; they got twelve guys on the roster. They don't have a lot of options when it comes to trades.
2: Yeah. Nah, put your thoughts, Chris Bosch. Yeah, with, with Chris Bosch man, uh, they talked about this thing, Pablo Torre of ESPN talked about this. Uh, look, man. All these professional athletes we watch on with football, baseball, basketball, everything, uh, the human body is not meant to handle this stuff, and there are going to be some people who, you know, they're just going to see adverse effects. A guy that tall flying that much, that frequently, uh, I'm kind of surprised. We don't see more of this as far as blood clots. But uh, they were kind of hinting that that's probably the source of the problem, which is the travel. And as far as the NBA is concerned, there's no way that you can actually fix something like that. So if this is a issue going forward, we might see in a situation where Chris Bosch's career kind of, you know, gets cut off uh, at a certain point because, look, you, you're going to travel a lot in the NBA and you're going to fly. this is what's bringing on the blood clots, then, you know, he may have to just decide to leave it alone uh, based on his health. And remember, I'm not a doctor. This is pure speculation. But either way, man, blood clots is, uh, you know, it's a real dangerous thing. For a guy that of that age and that healthy to have something like this uh, keep popping up.
0: All right, all right. We're going to talk about now. Um, we're going to transition from the NBA. Um, wait a minute before we go to the, uh, before we move that. Let's let's talk about this for a minute. Not not Chris Bosch but the NBA in general. Uh, everybody, in, in my opinion, is conceding the fact that. The um, Cleveland Cavaliers are going to be the team that's going to come out of the East um, and uh, are going to challenge whoever it may be. And and, and and most people think that it's either going to be OKC, San Antonio, and I, I think the most percentages are on the um, Golden State Warriors um, going to be coming from the West uh, playing the – the uh um whoever comes from the east but i'm not so sure that the cleveland cavaliers are the the only team that uh is a lock in the east um i'm thinking the T- toronto um uh raptors um and even and i know this is a long shot but even uh possibly the boston celtics may have a shot to dethrone the uh Cleveland Cavaliers. There's not too many other teams that I can think of that would uh match up well and and play well. Maybe the Atlantic Hawks, uh, if, if things fall right. Um, but I'm not sure if it's a a lock and more than likely lot people were saying it because of LeBron and because they have Kevin Love back healthy and Kyrie Irving back healthy. They got a full squad unlike what they had in the um playoffs, especially late in the playoffs, including the finals, that Cleveland is going to be the one coming out of the East. Now um you're you're in Atlanta, okay? Um and 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 I I know Atlanta and I hate to say it like this, but I'm gonna say it like this, um, has a tendency from what I've seen over over the last few years that doesn't play well um, in the playoffs. I think they may have one run that they play well in the playoffs, but for the most part, it seems like they can play well in the uh, regular season, but are lacking for whatever reason in the playoffs. I'm going to go to Atlantic. I'm going to work my way up to the Cleveland Cavaliers. What kind of shot do you think, since you're down in Atlanta, that um, your Cavaliers, excuse me, your your Atlanta Hawks have a good shot of – getting to the finals in the Eastern Conference. Talk to me.
1: Uh,
2: none. None at all. Uh, oh, okay. They're You know, they're a solid franchise, a playoff team, but they're missing a, a franchise player. And a, a huge, uh, like a future Hall of Famer guy, that's the kind of guy you need on your team to really be successful in the playoffs. And at least you have to have uh, all-star caliber players and a few of them if you're going to go far. Uh, Atlanta's just not that kind of team. Uh hopefully they can get to the second round, and I think they meet expectations at that point, but the finals no they just don't have the talent
0: okay well, um, I'm gonna move it up a little bit same in, in stay in the eastern Conference and um talk about the um young guns in in uh the bean town in Boston. What's your thoughts on that, the young team of the with a young coach? uh um of uh Boston being a, a a valid uh Eastern Conference final contender. Let me put it that way.
2: Yeah, I mean that's a possibility uh depending on the matchup, but I mean they don't have a superstar either and at a certain mm-hmm. point they're going to struggle to get buckets. Uh right now they're just like they're 11 deep and they play everybody, they play hard uh because they're limiting minutes and guys are always fresh. Uh, so you like the team going forward, but they're kind of ahead of schedule. Like, they're not supposed to be this good right now. That's why they have all those picks stockpiled. They were uh, rebuilding for the future, but, and they got Isaiah Thomas, and that thing just clicked somehow. And, you know, they're a lot better than, than they're supposed to be. But they're not a final scene. But, you know, you still like what you have if you're Boston. You got pieces of trade and you got picks, and you get to decide what young guys you're going to keep and who's going to go.
0: Okay. Now we go to a team that has a mixture of young guys and and some veterans on um and, and have shown a, a quite a bit of talent. Um and uh I think they are a serious threat to the Cleveland Cavaliers of getting to the finals. Talk to me about the Toronto Raptors.
2: Well, the Raptors are playing tough and uh, the Raptors will win some games, but the, the only trouble is, man, that backcourt is so good with uh, Kyle Lowry and DeRozan, but that frontcourt is really hurting. Yep. So when you get to the playoffs, they may get beat up a bit on the board, and if they're not hitting threes, then they're really in trouble. So that that's why, you know, Cleveland has a unique situation in the East because the East is a lot better, but a lot of these good teams are really young. So Toronto, you know, they got to kind of take their lumps and, you know, get in the playoffs, have a win, have a loss, that kind of thing, before you can really go far. But I like them going forward, man, because that backcourt is really good.
0: Yep. Yep. Um, and you don't think that that uh, Cleveland, who's, in my opinion, their front court and all that, even though, I mean, they do have some decent players, um, and, and including uh, LeBron, but, and, and quite naturally, but, um. I, I I I just for some reason uh for some reason I don't think Cleveland's going to going to get back um to the uh uh finals. I, maybe to the Eastern Conference finals. I don't think they're going to get back to the finals. And, and 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 um I can't uh for the life of me think what team is going to do it because I think there's a few teams that can do it. Um but I think they're missing a, a certain ingredient that it's going to prevent them from getting to the finals. Now, I could be wrong, but um, it, it's just no, no, something. I, I, I...
2: I could No, I, I don't think that's a crazy thing to say. I could be wrong on this, too. But I'm just going with the assumption that LeBron is going, you know, he, he's coasting to a certain extent and resting himself. And when the playoffs start, we'll see a different LeBron because that's what usually happens. So mm-hmm. I'm going with that going on. Now, if we get to the playoffs and he looks like he does right now to where he can't just carry him uh to the point of, of making up for the deficiencies on that team, then you're right. They can be had. You know what I mean? They're, like they're not a great team by any stretch. They no got good players and some of their role players, man, they gotta piece it together. so look, if you're depending on J.R. Smith, things are shaky. You know? So things are
0: very together,
1: shaky.
0: <laughs> yes. 'Cause so JR J.R. Smith is a um a a blink an eye blink away from um he uh,
2: just you know, put it out. There. He's a
0: crazy man. Yeah. What is. Man is crazy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He he is. You know. You, it, that's that's. I mean, when he's on, he's on. But when he's off, he's off. In, um, shooting wise and, and mentally wise. So, um, uh, good luck with that. Yeah. I mean, that's one one of the reasons why the, the Knicks got rid of him because he was too inconsistent <laughs> uh, on the court and, 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 and in the head. So. Um, yeah. I want to go over to the West. You got about three minutes or so left. I want to go over to the West because I think it's extremely interesting. I know they're talking about Golden State and Golden State hitting that, uh, beating the Chicago Bulls and winning winning the same amount of games, either 73 or 74 games and beating the record that the Chicago Bulls put out there. Um, But you got a team that is well-rounded, maybe not the – it's a little older, and they're missing Manny Ginobili, uh right now um who's really has he 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 has spurts um that he plays well and and it is beneficial to the team um but you got two teams that that got 45 and 48 wins respectively only single digit losses in 4 for golden state and 8 for the san antonio spurs and then you got oklahoma lurking in the wings uh in in, in, in lurking in the in the shadows uh, um hoping that one of these top 2 teams um uh hiccup one way or the other uh have a substantial injury or hit a bad streak and they start losing some games and and hopefully they by the end of the season they can't get it together you got three teams that 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 out of those three teams I think one of them definitely is going to the finals um and then probably one of them is going to be the uh world champions Um, A lot of people putting, putting their money, including myself on the golden state warriors, but I want to give to Jeff first and to uh, uh, Nas. Um, You got three teams, guard, golden state, San Antonio and Oklahoma. Um, Who's going to be playing in the finals, not the uh, world championship. I'm talking about the Western conference. Finals.
1: You said me first, right? You know, uh, the it just these things could happen when there's conferences the west is stacked obviously so the the west playoffs might be more interesting than than the league finals uh and don't don't forget the clippers because they won a lot of games uh w- without uh Blake Griffin and uh, who knows uh you know he comes back healthy uh they they could upset somebody, so uh, it's not just Golden State, San Antonio, and uh, OKC, um, but definitely the the West playoffs look very interesting. Uh, uh, it, it's it's very hard to pick a winner. I mean, uh, I it, mean it's almost inevitable that Golden State cool off a little, but how do you go against them? I mean, San Antonio. They've got the great veterans. They also have other talent. Um, they're, they're not ashamed to arrest their guys, and they know how to do it. Um, and they, they know how to be fresh for the playoffs. Um, uh, you know, it's... Uh, it, it's it, and these things are usually cyclical. It's almost a shame that there's that much talent in the one conference. You know, you like to see it spread out more evenly, but it could happen. So, it, it you know, and it's funny because there was people last year who didn't think Golden State was that great. Well, <laughs> they shut them, shut them up the way you know uh, they came out smoking this season, and they've stayed hot. So, uh, but you know, there's always the risk, uh, you know, of injury or something. And uh, um, you know, it, it you know, if I have to pick one, I guess. Uh, Golden State is uh, a little younger than San Antonio, and, uh, you know, they've been kicking butt.
0: Talk to me, Nas.
1: Yeah, man, uh, the West
2: is going to be tough. And like I said, the East is is comparable now. It's not like it was a few years ago, so we'll see. But the main thing is I don't think Golden State should be as worried about getting that record as getting the number one seed. That's the most important thing. Uh, Whether you get that record or not, who cares? People remember championships. You get that one seed, then you force OKC and San Antonio to have to fight it out in the second round, and then you meet the winner in the Western Conference Finals. So I I think Golden State has to focus on that one seed. OKC, San Antonio, I'm going to go OKC this year, and I think we're going to see a Golden State OKC uh, Western Conference Finals. And it's six or seven, a great series, probably an instant classic. But that's what I'm expecting. Uh,
0: The Golden State Warriors, a combination of the Los Angeles Clippers, uh the San Antonio Spurs and Oklahoma City Thunder uh play seven games um between those three teams uh and uh we'll see what happens. The other teams I'm not saying the other teams that the um Golden State plays are insignificant, but I'm saying that because besides uh Golden State, uh San Antonio and OKC are two and three in the Western Conference. So uh, I, I it they are going to be measured. Both teams are going to be measured playing each other. Meaning Golden State against uh, either OKC or the Clippers, and quite naturally the San Antonio's who who um, are, are really the two and three. I'm talking about San Antonio and, and OKC. So um, we don't have to wait and see. Quite naturally, it's after the All Star break. They start playing again uh, tonight. And uh, until the end of the season, we'll see what happens. Um, I got uh, no time left. Uh, we're about to get out of here. I'm going to hand it off. Not hand it off. but I'm going to ask Nas if there's anything else that he wants to bring up or say before we leave out of here. I'll, then I go to Jeff, and then I'll, I'll close it out. Talk to me, Nas.
2: Uh, yeah, I, man, I got nothing to add. Thanks for letting me on your show. It was good talking with you guys. And as usual, you gave me a lot of room to get on, man. Uh, you're one of the few people who do podcasts who will do that. You know what I mean? Uh, so respect to you as always, man. You and Jeff.
0: No problem, Jeff. What you got to say, man?
1: Thank you, Lance. Thank you, Jerry. Uh, it's been a pleasure. And uh, please tune in next week.
0: Okay. Hey, uh, Nod. Nah, it's always a pleasure. Uh, you know, when we have good conversation, I don't cu- I don't cut anybody off. I let them talk and give give them their, their due and, and, and let them flow with uh, the rest of the show. Uh, that's how we roll here. Um, we don't, we don't uh, uh, shortchange anybody if they have something to say that's relevant. Uh, I want to thank uh, Jeff also for joining me tonight. Uh, people next week, Thursday, 8 PM. We are always here uh, unless there's unforeseen circumstances. We are always here on a Thursday night at 8 PM talking whatever sports that we uh, bring up. And uh, sometimes we do po- the talk politics, that's why it's FSP Fantasy Sports and Politics um, We may be talking politics In, in the up and coming months but You never know, just tune in at 8pm I want to thank uh, My two guys for um, Hanging in there with me all, For this past hour and, and then some And uh, uh, we'll talk to you guys Next week And uh, take care I'm just going to drop the mic I'm not even going to play any music I'm dropping the mic and we're out of here See ya